welcome to TA1. Everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then so. I'm your host with my co-host Stevie. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. And let's make this a short introduction. Um, this is almost like a breaking news sort of podcast. So this went out at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Behind the scenes, that's where I... Uh, that's when they come out. Um, talked to Olaf and Whitney last night at 7 p.m. So this is a uh, well, cutting-edge technology, getting stuff out in a hurry. Anyway, um, if you don't know, um, Olaf is racing with uh, Adventure Medical Kits. Is um, You can't really say replacing, but is racing in place of Kyle Peter. Um, so, kind of a big deal, news news story thing. Anyway, um, so we talk a lot about that. And uh, also, Whitney, who joined the team last week. Uh, so, kind of a couple of last-minute players. Anyway, that's uh, that's what we're talking about this week. I will warn you, coming up, you might miss a week during during the Cowboy Tough. Um, I got I got a few uh, few episodes in the bank, and uh, we'll be putting them out. But it's possible on well, Tuesday in the race, you may not get an episode. I just just want to prepare you for that, uh, um, so you're not too bummed out when there's not a episode. But if everything goes good, we'll have a live episode. Anyway, we'll find out in a few weeks. So um, let's listen. Go fast. Take chances. Stevie says, yeah, that's what Stevie says. Chili Dog says, nothing because she's sleeping at my feet. So, uh, so go ahead. Hey, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy. Hello? You're on the air, so to speak. Hey, how are you? Good. Really good. How are you? Um, hot, but we had a nice rainstorm that's cooled down to like 65 degrees. So That's perfect. Yeah, it's been unusual for us. It's been like 100 degrees the last few days. Yeah. Ooh. We had a hailstorm with a little bit of snow in yesterday at 13,000, so... Yeah, it was here. It's been pretty cold and rainy. Yeah, well, uh, you'll get over that. Yeah. All right. So, so I want to start with the big news, the the controversy, the good good outcome. But of course, I'm talking about the Lobo ski team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was uh, that was not what I thought. Of. That was a curveball. Uh, yeah. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, needless to say, without them, I, I would not be here in the U.S. And the fact that the Lobo ski team keeps going is important for basically every cross-country skier in the U.S. because it becomes, for every young person, there's another college team and there's another opportunity for you to take your uh, skills from high school level to the college level and be competitive, you know, in NCAA. Uh, so 
I think it was very important for the sport of Nordic skiing in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. So you're you're in all the uh, high-profile sports, cross-country skiing, adventure racing. Yeah. <laughs> no, here, here in the U.S., those are really the, the ones that gets the media time, right? They're below baseball. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 College football, bah, that's nothing. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Everyone's heard of Nordic skiing. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, my sports, I don't know. They tend to be slightly bigger in Sweden. I don't know. Adventure racing, yeah. Uh, but especially Nordic skiing, you know, and cross-country skiing, that's that's huge over there. Here, yeah, uh, yeah they, they're like, oh, uh, wait, is that when you, like, run on skis? So, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you get, no, I'm a skier, I ski down blacks. That's that's uh, another comment you get sometimes. But here in Summit County, it's a lot better. Uh, yeah. And we have, a, we have a great, great community here of of uh, skiing but yeah for the average american probably not the biggest sports which um how do i say this which one do you have to explain more to, to people nordic skiing or adventure racing <laughs> that's an awesome question <laughs> like, which is um yeah that's a, i feel like it's pretty equal like, yeah <laughs> Um, the fact when there is a short course or when there is like optional points in a race, that's really mind boggling to people. They're like, yeah. uh, wait, so you rate, yeah, but you don't have to go the entire course. Uh, that's sort of mind boggling. Uh, so that people, that's probably the one that gets the most ex that I have to talk about, like, most, oh, no, there's mandatory points and there's optional points. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's a tricky one for people to wrap their head around. I would say yeah. maybe the explanation for exactly what adventure racing is takes three to five times longer than Nordic skiing. Nordic skiing, we say they ski, they ski uphill, and people are like, oh, okay, yeah. Adventure racing, it's like, <laughs> okay, sit down, and then I'll explain it all to you. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, let me let me get out a flow chart. Exactly. Yeah. Do you guys in in everyday life? So you know, not not the the athletic part of your life, but do people, civilians, so to speak, do they understand what you do, or or is it every weekend when you come home after a race? They're like, oh, and and what was it you did again? I would say now that we live in Summit County or in Breckenridge, that has changed a lot. Yeah. You know, when we lived in New York City, every weekend I went and did something crazy, according to the people I worked with, and they had <laughs> no idea what I was yeah. doing, and I'd come back all scratched up and bruised, and they didn't understand. But here, I'm surprised by how many people have adventure racing on their radar and have a lot of respect for the sport, because a lot of the... The older, like the old school racers, some of the best racers have lived in this area or are connected to this area. So a lot of people here get it. And I'm surprised. It, we're kind of notorious around here as the adventure racers. And people totally get it, which is kind of cool. I like that a lot about being here. Yeah. Is, are there other racers in Breckenridge? I mean, I, there's obviously a lot of really good racers in Colorado, but are, are there, or 
Are they in Breckenridge or are they close enough that you can train with regularly if you want? Well, we definitely have um, a number of active racers on the front range, um, and that's close enough, really. Um, in Breckenridge, I mean, we have um, some people who raced in, like, the, the um, eco-challenge days um, mm-hmm. that still live here and in Vail. But they're kind of – I think they consider themselves more retired. Um yeah. So, and then we're, we're actively recruiting at all times and finding very good people here. <laughs> so yeah. we've raced with a couple of locals. Um, last fall, we raced with a local um, whose name is Tommy Konechny, and he was awesome. He came from the, he's Czech, he came from the track and field world as a young athlete and then a mount, mountain biking. And then most recently at the, uh, the Teton Ogre, we raced with Hannah Taylor, who is also a, a she was a college Nordic skier and she's from New Hampshire. She was also so good. I mean, like ridiculously good. So it's fun to find people who've never done it before who are willing to follow us to these crazy races and try it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. You, you at least have a, a, some people that might want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's good. I count that as a win. That's true. So, okay. Well, we put we we we've teased everybody long enough. So let's 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 start with the other big news, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, so, what the hell's going on? Uh. Is that open enough question for you? <laughs> yeah, that is an open question. Um, I assuming that you're talking about that. The You're probably a... number one adventure, male adventure racer in the United States who yeah. has won every single, uh, I think every single version of Cowboy Tough that has been is yeah. not going to race Cowboy Tough. Yeah. Yeah. And just got engaged. That's, <laughs> that's a biggie. Like, yeah. We let that sink in for a moment. The person has yeah. won every single Cowboy Top is not going to race Cowboy Top. Um, yeah. And that's obviously a sad situation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's suboptimal, to yeah. say the least, because, I mean, there is there's something Kyle Peter is good at. It's winning Cowboy Top. I mean, he's a great adventure racer, but he's especially great in Cowboy Top. Yeah. So, like, that's... Not ideal for adventure medical kits, and mm-hmm. they're really trying to do the best of a yeah suboptimal situation. Um, so then that uh, yeah leaves me in there instead. <laughs> so yeah. which I am not in any sort of way trying to take Kyle's position. Uh, he is. Um, you know, a team captain. Mm-hmm. I think my role will be more of a shut up and keep up sort yeah. of thing, or you know, uh, probably back up nav, which um, I can do. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but for me, I, it's super exciting. Like as as overall, this is you know a, a great. Um, you know, I'm I'm really excited for the race and to be able to race with a you know, world team. So that's, that's, you know, an, a, a very exciting mm-hmm. opportunity for me, even if it's not ideal that one month before the race is like, hey, you're 
going into the strongest team in North America. Uh, yeah, I could say North America, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, that would have been a little slightly more ideal to know <laughs> a year ago than, <laughs> you know, yeah. a week ago. So, yeah, well, it is yeah. what it is. Yep. So what's what's the ratio of excitement to fear going into this team? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it's, I would say, 80% excitement, uh, 20% fear. Um, mm-hmm. I am, the fact is that the time I have to, you know, before it's, it, there's not that much um, things I can I can obviously put myself in a position where I can perform as good as possible with 35, you know, 40, 50 days. Um, I yeah. do think I have a background uh, that is helps that, but um, it makes it, while it's tricky, it actually makes it slightly easier because there's only so much you can do in that limited time span. Mm-hmm. So and and everyone is aware of that. Um, I also there is no ocean paddling in Wyoming, which <laughs> you know brings my fear level down significantly. Mm. So if there yeah. was like if Wyoming was an island, my fear level it would be flipped. It would be like eighty percent fear, twenty percent excitement. <laughs> now there's mountains. I know the mountains. Like this is my home home thing. So. Yeah. This is I'm a mountain athlete, and the fact is that you know that's that m- makes it flip. So that makes it eighty percent excitement, twenty percent fear. I think. All right, we're, we're going to get back to you. We're not done with you yet. But on the flip side of the coin, Whitney just joined the team too. Yeah, it actually kind of worked out amazingly because that was happening. Very separately, but somehow simultaneously, and um, it's it's going to be really kind of cool to both get to be there, um, yeah. especially on a year where we didn't expect to get to be there. So um, I'm I'm really excited that um, I think my new team's name is NV Journey. Um, yeah. They reached out to me and uh, asked me to race with them. They're really nice group of guys a lot of them are colorado guys so yeah um i think it's gonna be fun i'm i'm i would say i'm like 99 percent excited <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i can i can sort of understand that so um because so you guys both i mean i think i saw a few posted that you tried to get in when registration opened and didn't in the first round right right we did um yeah we, that was it was disappointing i mean we just we didn't make it in i mean it sold out so fast it was yeah. two minutes and it was gone so the luck of the draw for us was that we didn't make it and we were concerned that we wouldn't be able to um line up sponsors you know hoping for one to open up later down the road mm-hmm. we really needed as much time as possible where we could say yeah we're definitely racing to get our sponsors on board and since we didn't get in that first, you know, at that first opportunity, we kind of, we wrote it off and said, I don't think we can pull this off. You know, wh- there's no way we can get sponsors on board if we find out a month before, or two months or three months before yeah. we, we need as much time as possible. So, 
Yeah. So, I mean, did you, I mean, was that it right there? You just kind of like, yeah, well, sucks, sucks to be us, but let's find something else. And, and then, you know, how, how did your year has been up and down as far as adventure racing? Yeah. I mean, you, you basically got it. We, we had just moved into our new house and we actually didn't have internet at the time, which is just oh. unfortunate. Uh, we were fighting with Comcast about that. And so we were trying to do it from our, you know, just like from our cell phones. We we're in the middle of this huge move. It's the busiest time of year for us with the ski club. And so um, when we didn't get in, we were, of course, like devastated. We really, really wanted to. But we were like, I mean, what can we do? <laughs> Yeah. Not not a whole lot. So yeah, we we wanted to shift our focus and and just try to regroup and and make sure that we have something good on the horizon. That's ultimately our goal is just to have something great to look forward to and so that's what we tried to do. Yeah. So were you kind of, were you looking for teams or you know, was it in the back of your mind or did did both of these opportunities just come from nowhere? Um we we definitely had some interactions with a couple of teams. You know, a lot of teams were looking for people yeah. and trying to find the right fit in the right circumstances. And I was actually um, talking to a Swedish team for a while, um, the pioneers um, that Mickey races for. They were looking for a girl, and I was interested in racing with them. And so that was – I really kind of thought that was going to happen. Um, but then they ended up not racing. So – and we found out about that after raid in France. So relatively late, although it wasn't for sure, you know, I was just one of these things like, okay, this might, this might all come together. So that's kind of, I was thinking that, but Olaf didn't really expect anything, um, to come like the AMK offer. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, you're in the one sport where being a, a really good woman racer can be an advantage. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean, there aren't as many of us, that's for sure, just women, period. So yeah. It's true. So, Olaf, how did um, how were you approached? I'm kind of curious. Um, did you get an email saying, you want to come race Cowboy Tough? <laughs> <laughs> or was it a little yeah, more no, subtle? I mean, uh, so... We were up at the Teton Ogre uh, racing uh, with that uh, great 24-hour racer on the other side of the path. And Eric was like, so, have you heard the news? (laughs) Like, what news? (laughs) Well, um, Kyle is not going to race. Uh, worlds. Oh, so are you gonna have to race worlds with you? Um, are you interested? Basically, and I was like, uh, yeah. Can we do this twenty-four hour race first and see how it goes? <laughs> um, and yeah, that was that was sort of how it went down. Huh. So, uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was interesting uh, to say the least. But uh, obviously, we had a great race up in in Teton and yeah. uh, managed to to grab the win. And uh, yeah, since then, 
you know, bike, bike a lot. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, get get, you know, uh, get get into. But it was, it's a shocker, you know, because like, it's he is, you know, AMK is the leading mm -hmm. team, and it's yeah. Kyle is the team captain, and like I said, they win Cowboy Tough a lot. So yeah. it's so, yeah, you just gotta. Yeah. Put yourself into the mindset of of uh, of that and and prepare for that. Even no matter what, deal with what you have in front of you, just like in yeah. a race. Well, here's my take for what it's worth, which is not much. Um, I don't I don't think the team is giving up much athletically, but would how. What do you think is going to be lacking with the team dynamics, maybe? You know, because Kyle told me once that they don't even talk before a race because everybody just knows what's to, what to bring. Um, yeah. Exactly. Well, so I think that, um, yeah, uh, I if it's, it's huge what we're missing from that point. You know, like uh, – Athletically, if we're going to go and run up some mountains and bike up some mountains, I'm really good at that. Like, yeah. that's that's my thing. But adventure racing, no, I'm actually, you know, like, it's, they are, like you said, they don't even need to talk. They're like, doot, 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 we got this. We, mm -hmm. you know, they know what to do. They are a ridiculously well-oiled machine that's used to winning, that's used to making good decisions, that's used to, you know, like, be on point, know each other, and some suddenly you throw in this, you know, yeah, athletically, ran, sure, good guy, but, like, random person in there. Um, that's, that's, that matters. And those intangibles are big. Uh, so that is, you know, like, that's sort of, you know, a little, a little scary because you don't. That's that's part of that thing that that gives the twenty percent scared because, like, okay, um, how do you know? Like, they they know how the decision making process is made. They know all of this, these things, and they know the and uh, yeah, that's 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 big, big part of it. That yeah. is hard uh to quantify very very hard to quantify yeah do you think that it's going to be your responsibility to ask a bunch of questions to keep in the loop or do you think they kind of need to tell you what to do no i think it's my responsibility to ask questions I already started, so <laughs> that's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's that's that's up, you know, like um, it's if you were a new person into a soccer team, let's say you know you get drafted to Barcelona, it's not Barcelona's job to tell you what to do; it's your job to figure out how to work in Barcelona. Okay, mm -hmm. if I get drafted to AMK. It's my job to figure out how I will function in this team, and it's not their job to to uh, you know as a high level sports you are providing uh, a service. Well, basically yourself, 
and uh, like it's your job to make sure that that thing is as good as possible. And um, you know, they, yeah. So, so that's yeah. that's my job. I I feel like. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you can if it's day one and you think no this you guys are making a mistake do you, will you be able to like say hey wait 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 I know I'm the new guy but I think I, it seems to me like you have that kind of personality that you'll be able to call yeah it, you have to I mean it depends on the situation I don't think that we will honestly I do not think they will make any mistakes on day one. They're yeah. not sleep. De- we're not sleep deprived yet. So, <laughs> yeah. and they're good enough to not make mistakes on day one. So, I feel like that's unlucky. We're just gonna run up a mountain and then run and pack raft a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah. So, it's I. That being said, sure. I I do feel if it's a tactical uh, thing, mm-hmm. I don't think I would be able to know a tactical mistake that they are making because I'm not used to their style. I will just need to follow up. If it's a navigation thing, sure. I know yeah. I can orienteer. So like navigating, I'm not as fast or as good as the best people in the in the sport, but like I I know where I'm going uh, most mm-hmm. of the time. So if they're but uh, a tactical things or you know strategic stuff I don't think that I would be able to find one of. I I will just keep up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that said, maybe that'll be kind of fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just it's to be, be the it's mule. Gonna be, it's going to be super fun. I love this role. Like, it's a really interesting. It's a fun role. You know. Yeah. Um, I am actually really like the shut up and suffer role. Um, I had it once before. Um, where I didn't expect to have it in uh, racing PQ with Journey and mm-hmm. then starting the race uh, with a legit pneumonia um, or what turned into pneumonia. Um, and then that was, you know, it's you suffer a ton and you uh, just like, okay, you just going to make these people not slow down because of you. And... Yeah, Journey had to help me a ton. Like, I was pretty out of it for the first two days of that race and just, like, didn't hardly speak, didn't do anything. I just tried to keep up and not slow them down. And so it's a, it's a role I am I have been in before and I am pretty comfortable with uh, being at, actually. Yeah. So... It's yeah. it's 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 a fun one. I like it. Yeah. And then so it's kind of full circle now with Whitney being on journey for this race. Wow, just like the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so do you do you know your teammates very well? Um I know them decently well. I've and several times um and i haven't ever actually raced against scott or lee but mm-hmm. i do know both of them just kind yeah. of 
being a part of the Colorado scene. And Lee actually um, lives part-time up here in Breck. So we actually uh, went for a mountain bike ride the other day just trying to maximize our, our teammate time together pre-race. Um, so they're really they're all really great guys. I think we're going to have a good dynamic um, as a group. Yeah, except for that idiot that went and broke his wrist. <laughs> yeah, who is really working hard on rehab. I mean, yeah. I heard he's like, it sounds like he's doing everything possible to be ready. And yeah. Ian takes those things seriously, so I trust him. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, allowed to give him a little crap because Ian was basically one of the very, very first people I ever interviewed on course at PQ at Badlands, so... Him and Cam. Oh wow! Those guys have a have a uh, a history. So wow, that's cool. That's not great. that I won't slag on anybody. I don't care. What. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the let's let's talk about the race a little bit. The course logistics was released today. How many hours have you spent studying it yet? Wait, they released that today. Uh huh. Just kidding. Just kidding. Of course, I've been reading it. Um, I, sure. I actually was flying from San Francisco today back to Denver, and it was perfect. They released it right before I got to the airport. So I had I like downloaded it and had plenty of time to analyze yeah. and read and think about it. So that's right up my alley. I love that. Yeah. So a 153-mile mountain bike ride? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the way I read that one is closer to a 200-mile ride with a little short uh, rappel break in the middle. So if you look at it, it's like that's about how it's going to play out. So it's, yeah. it's a pretty long ride there in the middle, although I don't think that's the crux. Um, I so, think we've got yeah, two, what is? We've got two really big trek sections mm -hmm. that are leading up to the cutoff. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor for a lot of teams. There's a lot of vert and a lot of mileage that needs to be covered. And I think we're going to see, that's where we're going to see a lot of this stuff happen is yeah. by the end of that second track, uh, I think we're going to, that's going to be decisive for sure. Yeah. Do you, can you tell, do you think if either one of those is going to be tougher than the other? Well, Theoretically, the second one should be tougher, right? But Yeah, because it's later, but that first one has a lot of vert. It's got 10,000 feet of gain. That's like, <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> that's a lot of vert. Yeah. And I live in a place with a lot of vert, and I live up high, and I'm used to big vert days, and that's still quite a bit to, to take on. So. Yeah. yeah. But you never yeah. know until you see the, the actual terrain. I mean, what it looks like on paper is always a little different than and how it looks in reality, so. Yeah. Um, well, you guys haven't been studying a map in Google Earth for six months, but have you looked at anything? Do you, got any, do you in, in your mind, have any uh, ideas like, yeah, I think maybe here, maybe there? Um, have you do uh, any of that? <laughs> honestly, uh, no. I think other people do if you have done... A, you know, done all of them previously, and and now you get the logistics. You can pretty much uh, figure out some stuff. Um, mm -hmm. For us who are late in the game, mm -hmm. I don't, or late to the game, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I I think if we we just haven't had 
the the time and and the stuff to do so so yeah. i i don't really know which areas you know is going to hit the previous courses but you can see the legs like you said there's a lot of foot in the beginning and there's a lot of biking in the you know uh later yeah. part yeah i mean and if you just look at the map from jackson i mean we have a long section that we have to cross there in the middle mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of options yeah. I looked yeah. at the map a little and just looking at, you know, the wind, the wind river reservation and, you know, how we'd get around that. Are we going to go above or below? And, you know, the year we did cowboy tough, we were in the bighorns and it looks like we, we could possibly hit those again and then go South from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done that like detailed, you know, really trying to figure it out, which I have done with other races, but yeah. this one I, I haven't been as, as involved. So. Well, it is. I mean, if you if you don't think you're racing it, you're not going to be. Why would Why would you be looking at maps? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, do you guys feel like you know it's twenty three, twenty four days that your training, your normal training has been enough? Are you stepping it up a little bit the next week or two, or or are you just like, yeah, this is this is our fitness and this is how we're going? I definitely think it, even with a couple weeks left, you can still maximize your own fitness, you know, what, you, what you're capable of. And, I mean, we lead pretty active lifestyles yeah. here, and the jobs that we both have are really active. I mean, we are, you know, out running and biking and skiing and roller skiing with kids every day of the week, basically. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty confident that, I mean – at the end of the day, a lot of this, you do need to be fit, but you also just have to be really tough. And that's something that I'm trying to prepare myself for mentally. And that's, I think, one of the best things I can do going into this is just preparing myself for the tough sections and to suffer and just to not to make it too easy in my head because underestimating something is the worst thing you can do. So I would say we're training pretty normally. We're actually racing this weekend, a 24-hour race, and then um, just trying to, you know, tune up the last couple of things, keeping up with strength and, um, enjoying the beautiful summer up here in the mountains. It's hard not to go outside up here, honestly. That's true. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, haven't been into this a lot, but I've been kind of like, what the hell do you guys do in real life? <laughs> That's a good. And, and if you tell me you're engineers, I'm hanging up. Oh, we're not. We're so far from engineers. Don't worry. We're like the other end of the spectrum. I mean, there's the like before Breckenridge answer, which is more boring where we like had corporate jobs. But now together we run the Summit Nordic Ski Club. Um, Olaf is the head coach and he designs all the programs and handles that whole aspect. And I'm the club director. I do all the administration and fundraising. I also do some coaching and run some of our entry-level programs, but it's year round. We had 120 kids in our winter program last year. This summer, we have 50 kids training, like 50 children who like Nordic skiing enough that they're trying to get better in the summer, which is incredible. And, um, so yeah, we go, we started a mountain bike program this year so that's our spring program. In the fall, we do roller skiing and dryland training. And so we really never stop here except for maybe take a brief little break in May for like a week or two when we go to Moab. But that's really what we do all the time. And it's pretty awesome. Can't complain yeah. about it. No, that's 
it's really pretty sweet when you like your job, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it couldn't be better. Like I get to pass on my number one sport that I, you know, uh, mm-hmm. competed in, and like my love for, I mean, t- down to yeah, 120 kids who wants to do this and you know like it's it's really great to be able to share share your passion like that um and it's so rewarding to work with kids because they're like little sponges and they they learn so quickly and it's really fun to watch them grow up and improve and we have some very focused kids and some very good kids here so it um it's it's a really fun job and it's a really fun way to be a part of the community up here yeah. So what, what ages do you work with? Well, this year we expanded all the way down to five. And mm-hmm. actually our youngest was four. We let her in because she was super awesome. Um, and we go up to college age athletes. So we have some athletes that have gone off to college and come back here to train with us in the summer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So what's the what's what's the status of, of – Nordic skiing in the U.S. Where's it? Is it is it a growing, stagnant, staying? You know, losing people. I think I, Olaf will probably have more to add to this, but from my perspective, it is. I would say it's surging right now. Um, on a national level, we have like a very strong women's team that have done really well in the past couple of years, and there's a lot of excitement around them, which I think mm-hmm. is driving it, driving more young people to it. And in Colorado we have some really strong clubs that have a lot of kids and we, and in our community, we have more and more kids joining us more than we can almost handle. We have lots and lots of kids joining. So that's all very positive from the lower level, but it is a really different structure than Sweden, which can make, you know, has its challenges and it's not as embedded in the culture here. So it's definitely small on a global scale, but I think it's, I see a positive, bright future for it here, especially being in Colorado. Did I represent that correctly? Yeah, I think that is pretty much true. Like, if you come from a Scandinavian country, uh, you will be like, weird. There's not Nordic skiing on every single weekend uh, on TV. Um, But if you – I've been uh, here in the United States for 13 years, and I would say that – the state of Nordic skiing uh, have never been better over this than it is right now over these 13 years. It is, hmm. I mean, on an international level, US, is, U.S. women's team is insanely strong. Like, and on the local level, like if you look at Colorado with, you know, Colorado is, is a stronghold with clubs like Vail and Steamboat who have... Uh, um, very well-developed programs. Um, I mean, it's exploding in kids. And we have now, for the first time ever, uh, the junior in junior world championships, the girls took a sprint, no, a relay medal, a bronze. And that's fantastic. Like, the we are actually coming up where there's not just like one or two off, because it's easy, you know, one or two athletes you can always get. But there's a, solid foundation of athletes coming to want to do this sport and compete internationally and they see that it is possible um so that's amazing 
So, are there Nordic skiers that are? What's the difference? Because you know, I'm I'm sure there's American racers that physiologically are as strong as anybody else. So why do they not win? Uh, they do. <laughs> uh, well, I, honestly, like they, it, they, it isn't like the teams in, and in, in travel the, and. The issue is that, okay, so if you go to Norway, yeah. every single athlete that is in Norway wants, you know, like if you are 12 years old, you want to be a Nordic skier because that's what you see. The most popular person in Norway is a Nordic skier. Okay, if you are asking an athlete in the U.S., like, hey, which sport would you want to be? Well, I would choose basketball or something. Like, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Like, it's what's on TV every time. It's it's what's so. Uh, it's a smaller subset of the population uh, doing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who do it, actually, we do. They do tremendously well. But it just tends to only get focus on the. Olympic years here because yeah. it's a small sport and small sports get uh, TV time and uh, marketing when it is Olympics. But they are actually doing tremendously well. And we had a silver and bronze. Two out of three women on the sprint podium was Americans this year uh, at World Championships. Which has never happened before. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened before. Yeah. So that's pretty remarkable. And it, like the rest of the world thinks that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. So, th- so there are athletes that, yeah, they're good. There's just not as many of them. Exactly. They're playing PlayStation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly the case. They're really good. It's just not as many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just too many other places they can go. But we actually, in adventure racing, there's a number of Nordic skiers turned adventure racers. I think even competing this year. There's a there's Josephine a handful. Josephine and Bjorn are both were both Nordic skiers. From Haglas Silva, Josephine yeah. and Bjorn are both Nordic skiers from Sweden. Um, so there's this kind of weird yeah. pathway I've noticed from Sweden that um, Nordic skiers somehow get recruited to to join AR teams and then mm-hmm. get crazy enough to keep coming back or something. Back. I don't know. Yeah. Well. You, you got to have a screw or two loose to be a Nordic skier, so you just take one more out and you're an adventure <laughs> yeah. racer. No, uh, uh, yeah, that's for sure true. Yeah. So, um, I think I've asked you guys separately this question, but I but this is my uh, new take on it. So, what's what's the best and worst six hours that you two have had racing together? Ooh. Well, we might we have to like consult on this or something. Yeah, <laughs> this, this can this can break up our marriage right now. All, all live on Randy breaking up the Edward marriage. That's that's not yep. good controversy. Thing. Is my middle name? Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go with best racing with Whitney. Oh, how nice! He picks the one. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, okay. Um. No, I. Well, so, okay, I'm going to go to two things. Every time I reach the finish line, I'm usually pretty happy. Uh, but out on the course, I don't know, I go through these euphoria moments all the time where I'm like, I act, 
can go and do these awesome things with my wife. Like, yeah. and I kind of like get teary eyed on the course because I'm like, this is so awesome. This is my life that I can do these amazing things together with the person I love. And I'm just like in a super high. Um, I have to say, um, I'm stealing this from Eric Caravella a little bit, but like when we cleared the full course on last team to clear the course and hit the CP at Untamed New England after putting up a pace line on day three, uh, was also pretty epic when we cleared it with like, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes or something like that. Uh, so that was, that was pretty sweet. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I think about the worst. <laughs> I, the worst is hard. Another best I have is uh, the race we did in your neck of the woods, Randy, in North Dakota. That was a 24-hour mm-hmm. race. It was an awesome race. But I feel like I, what stands out to me there so much is just that start on the Matahe Trail and just racing that as fast as we could. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was something super fun about that. I love that together. Mm-hmm. Um but worst, I still, I think my worst still stands by as the same thing I said before, which would be the 24-hour nationals we did with Naira. Remember when we got yeah. like off the map and lost, and then got back, and we were the very like we were in pretty good standing when we got there, and then we were like dead last once we <laughs> got back from this section. Yeah, there was some 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 guy who led the team off the map who claims he's a good navigator even. <laughs> and he's still, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I know this. And then he led the team off the map, lost the trail. They were lost for, you know, I don't know. They were out four hours on that section. And, uh, yeah, when we got back, we got zero CPs, zero points <laughs> on, like, uh, I think the, like, Tecnu, Vidali, Sog, Fast People, like, did took all eight points in an hour and a half. We were uh, four hours, like, not finding our way back to the map. Like, I mean, it was so bad mistake minimization. It was insane. And we get back, and they're, like, putting out the fire, and we're, like, last, the last team. Uh, and we were cold, and, like, oh, it was it was just, that was a dark moment in racing. Yeah. And I remember telling <laughs> like, I was really trying to be tough, but, like, I just, I felt pretty broken at that point just like spiritually and so I told Olaf I was like I really feel like I want to quit right now and he said to me yeah I totally get that (laughs) I do too kind (laughs) of it was like we were racing it was going okay it was going fine and then you're like huh okay everything is like went away you're like the you know yeah Mistake minimization is a part of adventure racing, and I completely failed at that point, at that lake, and everything is like... And then crush your wife's spirit. And then crush my wife's spirit. (laughs) And, like, yeah, we just went to, like, so far back. And, and like, it it was like we have no chance of ever getting, you know, anywhere. Like, it's... We're... You know, like, so... That was that was not a fun moment per se, yeah. and I don't think I've topped that for worse. The one thing I can think of is racing in Utah in January when that whole nighttime it was like I don't know ten degrees and I was more cold than I've ever been in my life, shivering and trying to keep walking. 
forward. But but it's still not the same as having your spirit crushed. That's true. All (laughs) right. Well, so I'm going to – this might be a little embarrassing, but I'm going to bring everybody's spirits up a little bit. But probably one of my top five moments ever at races, covering races, was you two after the rappel at Cowboy Tough. (laughs) (laughs) It was cold. It's just just something about you laying on the ground and you're looking at maps and Whitney's like on top of you and it's like (laughs) yeah well you know it was (laughs) it was cold it was foggy and we were (laughs) looking at maps or how we're gonna go and then you might as well just be like close to each other preserve body heat clearly the smartest way (laughs) so but one of my snuggle in yeah yep one of my one of my moments so (laughs) thank you. um, it's good to be All right, here. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here a little bit. So I got several questions. I quit. I should quit saying I got one more question because I never do. Um. So Whitney, what will you consider a good race at Cowboy Tough? I think, especially after seeing this course, um, it. Our goal and the goal the team kind of presented to me when when they asked me to join was they want to finish the full course. Mm -hmm. They want to finish strong. They feel like they can finish mid-pack. And I think like uh, something that would make me really proud of this team is if we could finish top 30, I think would Mm -hmm. be super solid. And we might surprise ourselves. You never know what happens out there. But Mm -hmm. I think that's a realistic goal that we would be really proud of if we can just race the course and you know stay on top of things and meet that deadline that's right in the middle and make sure we get to do the full thing um that's what we've set out sounds sounds like a good goal um i think olaf your answer might be a little more complicated (laughs) (laughs) yeah so let, let me preface by saying i i you guys are still a top five team, I think, no question, to me. Well, thank so, you. Um, uh, yeah, if if the original lineup would have stayed, obviously it's the team that, you know, doesn't lose Cowboy Tough, and I'm sure they would still go for that. Uh, that being said, uh, and like we discussed, there's a lot of intangibles and, and things you lose with not having Kyle on the team. That's clearly suboptimal. Um, there is no doubt that we will fight for going as fast as we possibly can and try to put pressure on everyone else. Um, mm. And and it is obviously a lot more uncertain how that will uh, play out then. But I don't think, you know, um, we will... We will not try to like, oh, now this is, let's be more conservative. It's going to be like, we're going to go fast, as fast as, and if it doesn't work out, we're going to blow up spectacularly, but we're going to go out for, you know, uh, yeah, trying yeah. that podium. Yeah. Um, so I've, and, yeah. So yeah. does that mean, and have you discussed with us the team, our, our, you racing teams, or are you going to race the course? Um, I think that those. Uh, are you asking me or Whitney? You. Well, here's 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 a better way of saying it. 
are you going to try and dictate what happens? We will raise teams. Uh, this is not. We, I, I think we will raise teams. It's not. Okay. Uh, but I think. Well, I let Whitney answer, but I think you're racing the course. Oh or? yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think our strategy definitely has to be the course. Um, we'll have fun with the teams that are around us, but we're out there to race the course. But I think, you know, when you're, a, like you said, probably easily a top five team, you've got to race the other teams. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's your choice. I mean, yeah, yeah for, for an obvious – so this is, this is what I think. You know, you have to put yourself in a position where you can take advantage of someone else's mistake if they do that. Now there are teams out there, uh, like I don't know how many times they won now in a row, three times, that yeah. tends to make zero mistakes or <laughs> almost no mistakes. Yeah. And yeah, then there's nothing you can do. But if we look at, you know, uh, Teton Ogre, um, the, on the obviously much smaller scale, not even the same thing, 24 hour race, but still, um, Eric and Mary were there. In, uh, in the lead, but they, they did take a suboptimal route choice, and we were in a position that we could take advantage of their mistake. And that is basically what I think that uh, we will do here too. At, we hope to be that if someone else makes a mistake, we will be able that we are there to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to make your own luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh, mistakes happen, some people are, uh, but if you are not fast enough, it will never be, you know, you cannot, it doesn't matter because you cannot take advantage of it. But So you have to be able to put yourself in a position where when an opportunity presents itself, you can grab it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, this, this question doesn't apply to Olaf, just Whitney. How long do you allow yourself to be nuts and go crazy at the start of a race, even though you know you're saying, we're just going to do our own pace, we're going to do what's <laughs> good for us, but you still know you're going to go crazy at the start. So, I know. How, how long are you going to go crazy before you slow down or settle down into your normal pace? Oh, that's a good question. I think if I do this right, um, I'm going to – work pretty hard to not go crazy at the start. And it is so hard for me because I love starts and I get so riled up and it's so fun and exciting and everyone busts off the start line. Like they're running a 5k and you know, mm -hmm. it's super fun. Um, and I'm sure we'll get caught up in that a little, but it yeah. is a super long race. And I do think to some degree, it's going to be a race of attrition at some point. So I think, and I'm hoping that what I can do with this team, my whole goal is, to come in and just help them be successful with the goal that they already set forth. And mm -hmm. so I think if that means that I have to just be pretty vocal about like, Hey guys, let's slow this down just a little or whatever to rein it in. Then I really need to be conscientious of that and not get swept yeah. up in the fun that is running off of the start line up yeah. to the top of, you know, I don't know, Jackson hole, which is what it seems like we're going to be doing something like that. So, yeah, I think that's pretty, Becoming fairly obvious, huh? Yeah, with that 3,000-foot vert. I think that yeah. just about sums it up. <laughs> we're going to yeah. the top. Um, so, yeah, so, so you, I, should, you can just go, all right, guys, we're going to go nuts for 10 minutes, and then let's stop and be yeah, sensible. Yeah, I think that's fair. We'll, we'll do that until it, you know, everyone it gets steep. That's the thing. If we've got a big climb like that, that kind of sorts itself out. It's pretty yeah. hard to go ham on that the whole time. 
And I mean, I think the, the big challenge is figuring out the times when it's time to actually push, you know, and I think on a couple of those trek sections, they're long, they're hard, you're tired. Some of them are going to be overnight. And the strategy there is, you know, like, when do you look at this team and say, listen, guys, I know this sucks, but we need to run. <laughs> we got to run this road. That's our only chance. You know, we've got to make up some time. We've got a road in front of us. We, we need to run it. And it sounds like the worst idea, but it's the best idea, actually, if we want to meet our goals. And that's where I think is going to be the bigger challenges as the race plays out. Yeah. Sounds cool. Um, all right. Well, let's get finished here. Anything planned after Worlds? Um, not really. I mean, this kind of just came suddenly. Yeah. So we're trying to just sort everything else out <laughs> around it right now. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I'm pretty like, it is a little bit overwhelming to jump in here at the end. Yeah. So, no. um, so yeah. Well, um, yeah, like you said, it's eight, I have 80% excitement, 20% fear, <laughs> but right now it occupies, uh, like 99% of my brain. Uh, so it's pretty much this, my whole life is focused around. Yeah. After it's done, we are going to, uh, yeah, like Whitney said, we moved into a house here, uh, right in December and we're going to do some small finishes around the house and try to finish up, uh, our garage actually. So I think we will, uh, both be at home finishing up a garage yeah. Uh, and, and try not to try, yeah, try to be able to move around and not be too dead. Yeah. yeah so Randy, if you want to bring your hammer and your saw and take a trip mm-hmm. to Breckenridge, you're more than welcome. Yeah, welcome um, huh? yeah. We'd love to have you. <laughs> we'll put you to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I'm, like I'm pretty open. I'm pretty open for the rest of the fall. So, <laughs> um, Okay, absolutely the final question. How nice is it to be able to throw everything in the car and drive to the race? Oh, my gosh, so nice. That makes this so much more doable. Like, I can't tell you how nice that is. And it's not even a bad drive for us, really. It's just a – it's like, you know, five hours or six hours, something like that. But it is amazing. We are very lucky. It is. Okay, um, I think this podcast is going to set a record – because um, it'll be up in uh, 13 hours, posted oh. in 13 hours. <laughs> so, yeah, those of you yeah. that haven't checked out the, the changes in the team roster, yeah, this will be some breaking news. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about the UNM ski team. <laughs> no, that's just, a, that's just a bonus. Yeah. That's just a bonus. So. Well, it's good talking uh, to you, Randy. All right, thanks. Yeah, you guys probably should, like, Go train or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. good. Thank you so much. We'll see you in All right. We'll, we'll see you in about 20 days or something. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye.
Yes!